Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Hi, you're listening to another episode of Study, Grow, Know. This one is Rethinking Revelation 6, and this is the first part to this particular series. Not sure how long it's going to be, but we'll just go until we're done. Ever since the world was hit with COVID, uh, the pandemic, or maybe the plandemic, I've been looking at and considering the ramifications of Revelation 6. Now, for many years, I've looked at the events occurring there as being inside the tribulation. I've preached that way. I've even written a book that talks about that. That's generally the consensus that starting with uh, seal number one in Revelation 6, that's the beginning of the tribulation. It's always made sense that way, and nearly every conservative Bible scholar I've studied has said as much. All of the, uh, I guess, more liberal uh, Bible scholars I've studied have usually gone the way of hyperbole, allegory, or something else other than taking Scripture in its most plain and ordinary sense. Now, what I find absolutely fascinating, though, and this is kind of recent for me, is that the first several seals that are open in Revelation 6, in essence, could be occurring now. And, And let's take a look and find out why I think that this may be the case. Now, at the onset, I do want to state without equivocation, I could be wrong here. These are my musings based on the way I'm thinking about things. But I do want to be clear about stating the fact that I could be wrong because I could actually be wrong. I'm not afraid to admit that, but I'm also not afraid to investigate uh, other possibilities. So if it resonates with you, great in your Bible study. And if not, that's okay, too. I believe I am correct in understanding the following biblical facts. There is a future seven-year tribulation ahead of us. The Antichrist will become the supreme ruler of the earth during that time. Through the Antichrist, the world will ultimately worship Satan, and it will also give Satan the opportunity to rule the world as he's always done through his spiritual son, Antichrist. Another fact, our Lord and Savior Jesus will physically return to this earth at the end of the tribulation. In fact, his very return ends it. Somewhere from that point to this point now to our Lord's physical return, the rapture will occur. I favor the pre-trib rapture because that's what I see being taught in Scripture, but it does not matter to me, and I want to emphasize that when it occurs, it really doesn't matter. I don't I don't pin my hopes on that. As I've said many times before, I could die before the rapture occurs, and I'll still experience the rapture, according to Paul. Another fact, when Jesus physically returns to this world, he will defeat every one of his foes on this earth, starting with Antichrist, and then he will judge the nations. Jesus will then set up his 1,000-year kingdom over which he will rule as the supreme ruler or monarch. Now, at the end of the 1,000-year kingdom, the great white throne judgment will occur. Everyone who is not going to heaven will be explained to them perfectly clearly why they're going to hell in the lake of fire, ultimately. Following this, our Lord will create new heavens and new earth, and life will begin anew without sin and without the possibility of sin. Now, the above list that I just mentioned is is a short list, but an important one. Other things like how the seals, trumpets, and bold judgments are released, quick succession, long intervals between, all at once. 
in what form the seals, trumpets, and judgments will actually appear to humanity and numerous other things as revealed in Scripture, Daniel, Ezekiel, Revelation, Joel, etc., etc. All these things, in my opinion, allow for a little bit of wiggle room because not, not one other person saw what John saw in Revelation. We have a record of what John saw because he was privileged to see those things, but we do not know for certain exactly what he saw. Imagery that represented something, uh, actual events or things that will be released, nor can we be thoroughly dogmatic on a number of things. And that's important for us to realize. It speaks to our humility or maybe our lack of it if we're totally argumentative all the time about prophetic areas of scripture. As I've said, I've always thought that the seals in Revelation 6 occur inside the coming tribulation, starting with seal one. I also believed, and I still do, that the tribulation will not start until the fulfillment of Daniel 9, 24 to 27, where the coming man of sin will be in the a powerful enough position, allowing him to confirm a covenant that is obviously already in existence. To confirm something, it must already exist. So he's not going to create a new covenant. He's going to confirm a covenant instead of destroying it. And he will confirm that covenant with the many, normally believed to be the Jewish leaders of Israel, for seven weeks. And that seven years, based on Daniel's, excuse me, that's one week, uh, based on Daniel's uh, nine con context there. So it's one week, and uh, that's really the final week, but it's it's really seven years. And I've written other articles that deal with that and how to get there. So if the starting point of the tribulation is when the Antichrist confirms the covenant, that we can, we can also assume that the first seal, which is the rider on the white horse of Revelation 6, 1 and 2, that seal opens and it simply brings the Antichrist onto the world stage, but does not immediately allow him to rise to power uh, as ruler of the world. That is obviously going to take some time. And here are the verses I'm talking about. I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come! I looked. And there before me was a white horse, its rider held a bow, and he was given a crown, and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest, or he rode out conquering and to conquer, depending on what your translation says. So in the above verse, we learn that some guy will be coming onto the scene. He rides a white horse and appears to be a conqueror, and in fact is bent on conquest. Now, obviously, I don't think, I mean, this is imagery. We're not going to see some guy riding onto the world scene on a white horse. The only one who will ultimately ride any horse is Jesus. And that's at the end of the tribulation as the world sees him coming to this world from the heavenlies. This rider in Revelation 6, 1 and 2 will be an adult male who may well be alive now in 2023 and who came into this world by birth. He didn't come into this world riding a horse, or any horse for that matter. Most conservative scholars believe this conqueror here in these verses is the Antichrist. And I find no reason to disagree with it, though I'm aware that some firmly believe that this is Jesus we're talking about. Now, in my mind, that notion doesn't hold up for a number of reasons, and I believe I've written about that as well, but I'm just saying. 
So Mr. Antichrist begins the process of conquering once he is able to take his pre-appointed position um, as conqueror in training, I guess. Now, I'm guessing this whole, this, this would take a while. The whole thing would take a while because the fact that he has no arrows in his quiver, though he has a bow apparently, tends to point to the fact that he will not be going to war with anyone, physical war with anyone he considers an adversary until a bit later when he takes out three adversaries who decide, well, we're going to give him a hard time. We're not going to bow to him. So in essence, he will be using political intrigue to gain his ascent to his preordained satanic throne. Now, if I look around the landscape today, I could name a number of people who might fit the bill of ultimately being the Antichrist. I'm not going to name them because it doesn't matter since I can't prove anything. What's the point? I recall in the 1970s, books were printed naming specific people as the Antichrist. They were all wrong. Today, we have YouTube and other video services where people get on and they talk about who they believe the Antichrist is. It doesn't matter. I have no clue who the Antichrist will turn out to be, but I have some ideas who might possibly fill those shoes, but nothing definite, nothing set in stone. I will say that if the the tribulation starts, oh, let's say soon or just before or sometime in 2030, then the Antichrist must be alive right now. He also must be already deeply involved in the political arena as a young man, worming his way through this group and that one, edging closer to his goal of absolute dictator. Now, if this is the case, then to make this happen, this Antichrist might not even be aware that he is the Antichrist at this point. He may have aspirations of gaining a lot of power, but he isn't quite sure of his role. He could simply be a guy who is exceedingly narcissistic, politically minded, and well-placed already in political circles. He may have already held a very powerful position within a nation or over a nation and is seen as very charismatic, but not in the religious sense, and able to get people to come alongside him and follow him in unity and solidarity. He is someone that white people, blacks, Hispanics, and other cultures might be impressed with regardless of his cultural background. And when he gives a speech, he has the ability to wow the audience, not in the way Hitler did, but in a milder, more familial way that endears people to him and makes them want to follow him. Now, on the other hand, the coming Antichrist, who I believe is already here, may be very aware of his calling, bides his time behind the scenes as he works to gain more power and draws more people to him. He may or may not be indwelt and empowered by his spiritual father, Satan, at that time, right now, but certainly will be, and I believe this occurs at the midpoint of the tribulation. Paul speaks about this in 2 Thessalonians 2, and the result of that infilling will be the blasphemous acts and attitude against God to the fullest extent possible when Antichrist waltzes into the rebuilt Jewish temple and sits down at the Holy of Holies, declaring himself to be God and that he should be worshipped. My point is that it will take some time for Antichrist to gain the traction needed and conquer enough people and even national heads through political intrigue, just like Antiochus Epiphanes IV was able to do and other leaders in history. This will not happen overnight. It's going to take some time. Is Antichrist here now? I believe he is. Who is he? Not sure. What is he doing? Probably working hard within the political realm to gain the upper hand. Over who? 
the world's elect elite globalists who believe they will one day rule this world. So if this all occurs with the opening of the first seal, then it may have opened a while ago, in my opinion, unless, of course, the tribulation is many decades away. Would you agree? If it opened a while ago, then is it possible that the other three, four, or even five seals could have been opened or are beginning to open, and the tribulation still has not started yet? Now, as with the way the first seal transpires over a period of time, years really, is it possible that the other seals also occur over a period of time, months or years, and could happen in quick succession? I think it's possible. Let's take a look. When the Lamb opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come, then another horse came out, a fiery one, fiery red one, and its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make people kill each other. To him was given a large sword. All right, so the above text from Revelation 6, 3-4 highlights the second seal. Essentially, war throughout the earth, resulting in massive death. We had covid And that ended, apparently, officially, it was announced, and maybe too quickly for the globalist liking. Maybe they wanted to drag it out longer. But what happened on the heels of COVID? Oh, immediately threats of World War III using puppet Zelensky in Ukraine as a proxy against Putin and Russia. Now, almost immediately, by the way, the world's leaders, along with most news bureaus and talking heads, including celebrities who generally know nothing and simply say what they're told to say, They began talking of supporting Ukraine against bad Russia. This is in spite of the fact that Nazis are the major portion of the Ukrainian war machine. And in this case, though, those Nazis appear to be okay and acceptable. But any other Nazis, especially those considered to be Nazis in the USA, uh, read right-wing people, conservatives, are terrible and they need to be snuffed out. So the world quickly came together in near solidarity with Ukraine and lionized Zelensky, their president. He can do no wrong, apparently, just as Trump could do nothing right. Overnight, people's social network pages went from bragging about CV and the jab to bragging about supporting Ukraine because people in general are so easily manipulated and ultimately they want to be part of the in crowd. They do not want to be left out and seen to be on the outskirts. It takes a brave person to do that. Most people aren't brave. So the talk of continued war and even the threat of nuclear weaponry is something that is highlighted often now, daily. Where will it end? We don't know, but nations are choosing sides. Many are supporting Ukraine, sending billions of dollars either in money or supplies, military supplies, or both. So in essence, peace on earth does not now exist. There's constant rumblings that Iran is going after Israel. Israel will take out Iran. It's constant. Having been removed this peace by unscrupulous people who need diversions, whether a pandemic, war, or something else. They need diversions because they need to establish a great reset. And while they're at it, they need to gain as much money as possible through things like arm sales and bank uh, failures and stealing your money. It doesn't matter to those people if thousands or millions die in this burgeoning conflict throughout the world that's happening in Europe. For them, that's actually a good side benefit. So if seals one and two have possibly opened, 
we did not see an actual individual on a white or red horse, did we? That's probably happening or will happen or occurred in the spiritual realm. Instead, we are seeing the results of what those riders bring in this physical realm. The objective for seal one is for Antichrist to be introduced into the world, seems to me secretly, until he gains enough power to become known. So he will eventually and ultimately take his position of power. And again, that's going to take time. The objective of seal two is to remove peace and take the lives of millions. Is that happening now? Well, between COVID and the jab and now war, yeah, a lot of people are dying. We're going to continue this in another article, our next article, uh, part two, because there's much more to cover. And in that second um, part, I actually concentrate more on the Antichrist and Seal 1 before we move on. So I hope you'll join me for that. In the meantime, thanks so much for joining me today. And until we meet again, I pray that God will open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in Him. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective. 